Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, we look at the rise of creativity in Oslo. Coming off the heels of the big event in Copenhagen last week, a smaller fashion week in Norway took place this week. Oslo Runway is three days of shows, exhibitions and other forms of fashion expressions, not including the off-schedule events. Today we'll hear from four voices inside the Norwegian fashion scene. Sunniva Hartgen is the head of fashion at Oslo Runway. Katrin Börter is founder of Pearl Octopus, the hottest brand in Norway right now, I'm told. Hilde Pettersen Delin is the co-founder of Collective Oslo, which hosted several shows of up-and-coming designers. And lastly, Kyrre Alvar, founder of the renowned Blender Agency. Together with these people, and in this episode, we'll discuss where does this new wave of creativity come from, the role for Norway in the Nordic fashion ecosystem, and the rise of locally produced wool. My name is Konrad Olsson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and with me is my dear colleague, Johan Magnusson, who was our man on the ground in Oslo this week. How are you, Johan? Yeah, or you perhaps can call me a Fashion Week correspondent now. After Helsinki in May, the Fashion Week there, and our Transformation exactly. Conference, and uh, Copenhagen last week, and now uh, right back uh, from Oslo Runway. It's a pity we don't have a Fashion Week right now in Stockholm. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll talk about this 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 Fashion Week landscape as you as you just described. But speaking of Transformation Conference, and and before we get into everything in Oslo, are, are you excited about the the Stockholm edition of Transformation Conference? Yeah, definitely. Helsinki um, it was really good, uh, super inspiring, uh, great feedback. So uh, let's see what Stockholm holds. I'm super excited. So we're now less than two weeks away from the Stockholm edition of Transformation Conference. Uh, it's going to take place at Nordic Fabric Fair, which is uh, it's at the Stockholm Fashion District, just outside of, of Stockholm. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm getting nervous. I'm I'm emailing with speakers uh, about all things, both practical and content-wise. Just been confirming with uh, Mauro Scalia, which is the head of Eurotex. He was with us in Helsinki and gave an update on what's happening on the legislation side for, for fashion. He will come back to Stockholm. And uh, there's actually been quite a lot of activity uh, on this topic during the summer. So it's going to be great to get an update from him about what's happening in the EU uh, around fashion legislation. So if you're interested in that, also if you're interested in uh, networking with uh, people from within the fashion industry, but also from uh, tech entrepreneurs, uh, startup uh, people that are going into fashion with perhaps a different eye, as well as investors who are funding some of the new innovations and technologies that we are covering on this week. Do sign up for a transformation conference. There's still a few seats left uh, for people who want to be present physically. It's August 31st at Nordic Fabric Fair. Um, yeah, so visit scandinaviamind.com slash transconf. I just wanted to get that in there before we dive into this episode. And it's completely free. It's completely uh, free of charge. That's that's true. All right, you want Oslo Runway. Let's talk a little bit about what this is and how this has changed the past few years. I remember just a few years ago, this was a very uh, uh, minimal event with uh, very little shows. And, and uh, you know, to be honest, 
very little relevancy at you know in, in in the whole of the Nordic scene. But something has happened the past uh, couple of seasons, and and this show this week seemed very action packed. What are your impressions coming off the the, the Oslo runway this week? It's um. It's growing and growing, and it's an annual event, so not seasonal. So they have it once a year, and I think that's uh, pretty good, pretty modern. We don't need uh, uh, fashion weeks uh, all over uh, the year, all over the calendar. The calendar is massive as it is. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's uh, it's growing. They have a bunch of up-and-coming names, and also a few ones that's uh, made themselves names uh, way out of Norway. So a few very established uh, ones. Of course, they have the the heritage brands, the sportwear, outerwear. We all know Heli Hansen, Norrana, but uh, now we have uh, Holzweiler. We have Envelope 1976, who showed at the... Um, the official schedule and a bunch of exciting new names coming up. And the the point of this event, uh, the CEO Elin Carlson stated, uh, is that otherwise uh, perhaps the local talents would be um, joining like the big corporations, mm. for instance, like uh, yeah the the fashion chains instead of uh, building their own brand. So this is a super important event in order to uh, nurture and take care of local talent and help them to grow. And uh, they're super supportive, both the organization, but also like the industry. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the local customers, they start, they've started buying um, uh, Norwegian mm. fashion. So that, of course, uh, helps the, the local talents and the emerging brands. And what would your uh, impression be of of the status of Oslo Norway on the international stage, or at least the Nordic stage? I mean, you were there participating as a journalist reporting from the fair. Were there other international journalists in place? Are people talking about this uh, outside of, of Norway? We were a group of around uh, 20 international journalists uh, looking at all the shows and presentations, which, by the way, took place in various different formats. We had representatives from several of uh, the Vogue magazines. Uh, we had Forbes, we had uh, Hype Bay, and also, of course, the local press uh, showed up. Uh, we were uh, we, we were spending a lot of time with the representatives from Vogue Scandinavia because they're official partner with the with the with the event. When I go to trips like this, the international press they they tend to complain a lot. Like uh, the lack of creativity, the lack of uh, level of what we see on the runway. But here, I don't know if it was the particular journalists that were uh, particularly positive. But uh, here, the, it was a great atmosphere and we had a great time. Good to hear. Good to hear. So let's dive into your impressions and your reporting from the ground. We have three interviews we're going to get into uh, in this episode, starting with... Uh, Suniva Hartken was the head of fashion, one of the organizers of Oslo Runway. Uh, why did you decide to speak to Suniva? She's uh, brand new in this position and uh, she used to be a stylist, so she has the international, a uh, fashion stylist, so she has the international perspective. And now she's uh, sort of come home in order to, yeah, as she will mention in the interview, help those local talents to grow into hopefully an international level outside of Norway. All right. Let's hear it. This is Suniva Hatken, head of fashion of Oslo Runway. So I joined uh, the organization because I thought um, thought there was missing like this um, uh, bigger um, uh, focus on new talents. Uh, I wanted more uh, of the new talents, so 
uh, that's why we have uh, next this season. <laughs> How do you want to stand out as a fashion event? Uh, you're the leading one in Norway, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, we're the only like uh, fashion arena in Norway. Um, uh, we want to stand out with uh, like the wide range of, uh, of uh, design, uh, fashion design here. So we have uh, a lot now and uh, uh, earlier as well. We've had uh, a lot of focus on new talents, but um, but now we have like um, uh, I would say even more focus on new talents. But the wide range is important to us. So the established brands as well is. Uh, just as important, you know. So we need to like uh, showcase uh, all the width, uh, and we actually have we have a lot to show, you know, uh, and a lot of different uh, types of uh, designers. So you have uh, ruled the material literally, like in your DNA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else is uh, Norwegian fashion now in 2023? Uh, what, what we are uh, focusing on is like um, show, showing like the real identity of the brands. Uh, we're not trying to put them in uh, in uh, places they don't belong. Like uh, uh, having uh, if a brand like Katrina Hammel, which uh, which is uh, scaling down, uh, it's not right to put her in like a runway typical show. So so we want to like uh, show the different uh, type of identities. For, um, uh, show them, show people like who they are. Uh, yeah, so we're like, uh, as I said in my uh, <laughs> little speech uh, yesterday, like we're we're trying to know on Mon yeah Monday, yeah. Um, we're really working with our hearts and like uh, all. Uh, we're trying to also like uh, put that uh, spread spread like the heartwarming uh, type of work, you know, like with the whole identity, it's really important. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were all invited to Katrina Hamel's yeah. uh, own personal private home. Yeah. <laughs> and the week has shown uh, quite a bre uh, quite broadness when it comes to locations. Yeah. yeah. And the uniqueness of the city. Yeah. So we're trying to like show you the whole of the city and um, and uh, choose like um, different uh, locations that which uh, complements the brands. Yeah, they're all like all the locations are really like specified to the brands. So, yeah, it's important to like all showing the identity in the whole setup. Is it also important, uh, of course, for like the, to, to get um, to, to get the exposure? But mm -hmm. uh, is it also important business wise to, to be a part of it? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's uh, why like you are here. <laughs> so, so, um, so of course we we try to uh, to um, get the attention. Like Norwegian fashion is really uh, growing, and uh, and get it out there and show you what we're working on all the time. And you know, we have the. Uh, uh, re fashion research library uh, that came up last year and uh, uh, we have a lot of like uh, things happening in the Norwegian fashion scene which are really like uh, unique to us and also to the world so yeah we're trying to like share because we love fashion too you know <laughs>
<laughs> I made a lot of interviews this week, and uh, what I u- usually ask people is, uh, I, I think it's a new wave of Norwegian creativity. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I think like post COVID, you know, it's uh, everybody mentions mentions it, but um, it's like this um, new energy, this new drive. Like every everybody just uh, wants to come out of their shells, <laughs> sort of. Uh, so uh, so. Uh, I think uh, I think um, um, we're we're not like we're not trying to be somebody else. We're just uh, owning our own story uh, and trying to uh, to share that story to you guys and to the world. And like we're we're yeah we're confident having our own voice. That was Seniva Hatken, head of fashion of Oslo Runway. All right, so this is, I'm really curious about, Pearl Octopus. This is the brand people are talking about. It's been popping up in my Instagram feed during the week. Uh, You've spoken to one of the founders, Catherine. Talk about what this is. First of all, we need to change the brand name. So it's actually Pearl Octopusy. So it's a bit, uh, yeah, kind of a special name uh, of the brand, which uh, of course means that uh, she gets a lot of attention uh, right before you see the actual collection. We met uh, a year ago. Uh, I was at Oslo Runway a year ago, and then she was a part of uh, the special jewelry lounge. And uh, the international press, they, they gathered around her because she has a very, very special aesthetics. And already back then, she... Uh, had made herself a name and she was back then already available at a few of the leading retailers and now she's just continued to grow and also it started with jewelry very maximalistic jewelry but uh, this time she showed a, a runway show which also included like reconditioned um, secondhand vintage uh, suits so and they're available. She, she had uh, put her jewelry on this these uh, suits and they're available to, to buy for retailers. But uh, they're quite uh, limited demand uh, or li- limited availability and the demand is huge. Like many new starting emerging talents from the Nordics, they are also betting on upcycling, which is really exciting. So let's let's hear it from Catherine Borter, founder of Pearl Octopussy. <laughs> what have you just seen on the runway? It, it was spectacular. Thank you, thank you. What did you show? Um, so um, we showed basically very like the core universe that Pearl Octopus is, like uh, how jewelry is the main course in an outfit or can be. Um, it's it's like Pearl Octopus is like a styling brand, but it's also more than that. It's like a universe that expands to. Clothing, shoes, um, accessories, uh, bags, everything. So, um, no, we just we, we want to really show that you don't have to have like a full clothing line to do a show. It can be even even though we made all the clothes, but yeah, mesmerizing anyway. Thank you. Yeah, I spoke to like your um, not colleagues, but uh, yeah someone you work with, they said that you decided to show two weeks ago. Is that true? Yeah. Um, well, we, we and did you like did this. <laughs> yeah, we did line up for Oslo Runway a while back. And then we've been going back and forth. 
for a long time because we have a lot to do and we didn't want to do it if we didn't feel like we could like really like pull it through um, and to have like a message and we called the collection at dawn because that well the song was is called at dawn but also like it's what happens at, at dawn you know it's it's <laughs> the magical hours yeah you're now available uh, through uh, a bunch of the world's leading retailers. What, what have those uh, years been? What, what are the keys to success? I think like authenticity has been really important. Um, just the love of making, like that's like the main, like the core love that drives it. Um, it's so much work and it's hard work, but it's so much fun. And we, I, like even now, like, m- I spoke to my best friend. He was like, "Oh, I could, I could like feel the anxiety from the back room." And I was like, "No, no, it wasn't. Like, it was just like we were just like working. We, you know, we're very. So it, I don't know. Now I was like walking past my question, but <laughs> can you put pearls everywhere uh, on your body or your outfit? I think so. Yeah, I think it, it's like for for me, it's like the balance of it's like the contrast that's exciting. Something really clean, simple, paired with something super maximal, and that's why we also like really love this space because it's you have like the interior inside, which is like maximal and over the top and messy, which is also a part of pearl octopusy. And then you come in here, which is like sober and clean and just balanced, and it's like those two environments really work so well together. Um, so yeah, I do think that you can put pearls anywhere. You just have to kind of. Where <laughs> and how many? I was here a year ago and I was uh, yeah, mesmerized by the the level and uh, yeah the quality. Yeah. It seems uh, like it's a new wave of Norwegian creativity. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What's the reason? I don't know. What's I in the water? It's just I feel like we we're not afraid anymore. Like I don't I I feel like now like I have, we have nothing to lose. Like it's just it feels like when you when you're not afraid anymore and. Um, it's just like very liberating very freeing so i think like the norwegian fashion feels freer and like we encourage each other and it feels like in more inspiring and more that there are possibilities like with like not so many years ago i would have never imagined to be at net porter or matches or essence or moda um, parande it's it's like it's crazy and then now i feel like people are more into design and yeah we, we've just been like a leap behind but now more can, can you help each other as well the yeah. the fashion industry is not so good at collaborating but no. uh, this is a smaller industry can yeah. you are you good at collaborating yeah i um yeah maybe i mean it's still i i think it's like divided you know you have friends but you also have like a business and you have to protect that but it's also important that the people that you meet up up the mountain you also will meet down you know it's so it's Good i think point. it's uh, point, yeah. yeah it's um i i think that people are very like polite and and respectful to each other and there's no like people and also i think that if one brand um makes it like internationally it's good for the rest of the yeah. um, Norwegian business. So I think like we, instead of like, you know, like climbing on each other and then not 
not like being one and one on the ladder, but like helping each other up. So I have two yeah. more questions. How yeah. would you describe your design aesthetics? I think it's like, um, I mean, it's obviously like maximal, but it's also in a minimal. Um, I try to keep it in a minimal context because it's not like it's not cluttery. Uh, it's very like clear. It has to be like big and bold and not. Um, um, yeah, it's it's like an organic, fun um, universe, I guess. There. <laughs> and what are your next steps? Do you have any fun projects coming up? Collaborations? Well, that's why we wanted to do some clothing as well because we we are working on some um, clothing, um, but very limited. Like we want to just do like a few jackets, a few skirts that we showed here um, to kind of. Um, combine like with the jewelry that we really love um, but basically it's more like the love of styling and just keep on you know showing um, how you can just elevate your wardrobe and your staple wardrobe with really ooh. and your agents told me that uh, uh, as soon as they get it it's out of their office yeah the, the buyers are like crazy yeah it's, it's it's been like an amazing response but I think it's because it is like sparkly, girly, but it's also like beautiful to have. Like some of the pieces are like nice interior pieces. You know, like you can. Have, they're very like visual. They're very um, photogenic, um, and you don't need anything else than like a suit or a blazer, and then yeah. So. And you also show Uniper, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also you know wanted to kind of make the crossover with. Um, like fuck, there's no rules. Like it's just it's fun to to like break the boundaries and just be a little bit like punk, you know? Like <laughs> so, yeah. All right, that was Catherine, one of the founders of Pearl Octopussy. But there were other up-and-coming uh, brands and designers uh, visiting and exhibiting in during Oslo Runway. Um, there was one concept called Collective Oslo that you met and experienced. Talk about you. This was a collection of shows and exhibitions. Describe what, what Collective Oslo does. They had almost like a full day of um, events and uh, in- it included panel talks and uh, fashion shows and also uh, uh, like a Fujito fashion show with the Monus, the, the, the launch of uh, the local um, uh, the digital fashion initiative Monus and uh, Collective Oslo is an art and fashion collective and uh, they're very good in collaborating both and like gathering uh, local talents but also teaming up with uh, local and international big industry players in order to uh, yeah help the, the local creativity take the next step. Can you give some examples of these collaborations how the industries is coming together to support these up-and-coming designers? They had like half a year ago, a little bit more than half a year ago, they gathered uh, a bunch of local creators. Uh, I think it was on a castle right outside of Oslo. And they opened it uh, as a huge exhibition, which we also covered at ScandinavianMind.com. And um, she will also uh, team up. Uh, they, they hope to team up with uh, a very, very big industry player later this fall. So we might uh, have a reason to get back to uh, Collective Oslo uh, online uh, uh, later on, like in a few months from now. All right, good stuff. Let's hear it from Hilde Pettersen, Relin, co-founder of Collective Oslo. 
Um, so the program today was uh, we did a we did a talk because we we feel that a lot of people are really interested in tech but have no idea what it's about, and we wanted to do a very kind of easy, simple introduction. What is it? Uh, how do you use it? And now what? We had an amazing panel with uh, some of the biggest leaders in Norway, like the Monk Museum, um, the former CEO of Meta Norway, uh, and so on. Um, full house was amazing. Um, was a little nervous about that, but we had like we had a few hundred people in there, and it was like cramped, so amazing. Uh, at the same time, we had this uh, uh, generative um, art exhibition. Um, called Algorithms, with um, six international, uh, five international artists and two Norwegian. Um, that uh, was on the big 3D display in uh, part of the location. Uh, then we had the Edda Gimnes uh, fashion show. Uh, this is Edda's first show in Norway. She's uh, previously been at, um, she's the only Norwegian to be invited to the Met to, I think it was the Camp, Camp Notes uh, edition of, uh, yeah, in uh, New York. Um, she has been brought up at the National Museum. She's done her fashion shows out of London. So it's a, it's a really big honor to be able to show her in Norway. We collaborated with dancers. Uh, we had one of the prima ballerinas from the opera in Norway uh, that we also managed to do this art film in the back that you saw. Um, and then we had uh, Monus. Uh, Monus is uh, the, um, probably the only and the biggest NFT fashion brand out of Norway um, that actually has managed to do amazingly well uh, commercially. Um, they, they generate actually like, quite a bit of income. Uh, so this is their launch into the Norwegian fashion world because in a way they are, they're a group of uh, tech nerds um, creating and um, we wanted to launch them. So that was the problem. Nice to meet this party. <laughs> uh, what's your view on uh, fashion tech and digital fashion? And has it changed after today when you saw a full house? And uh, is it bubbling here in Norway? Or? It's very much bubbling. It's uh, I think from like the Scandinavian countries, Norway is kind of behind as always. Uh, we're quite. A, I think we're a few, few, too few people. We, yeah, with the two people in Norway, it's hard to to make anything. Uh, fashion, anything to follow, but um, it's it's starting to come. And I mean, the whole world, we are more digital than we we know. Uh, it's so many things, and it's it's actually quite scary, but also really exciting. And uh, we want to be on the forefront. We want to be one of the first. Uh, we want to be the first out. We always want to be the first out. You're a very digital country, so the circumstances, uh, yeah, they're they're quite good. So. There's room for improvement, right? Oh, totally. A lot of improvement. And we see that big companies, big artists are now looking towards Norway to collaborate. Uh, I think we have a really kind of unique uh, style and ethic. Um, our, how do, I, I don't know how to say it, but uh, we maybe we're a little bit nerdy, <laughs> the country. <laughs> and uh, but we're learning to become commercial. We're learning to, to use the tools. And um, the fashion industry obviously needs to collaborate way more than it does. And uh, we'll see a lot of progress with that in the next few years. A lot of people say. Uh, what's the way forward? Uh, what have you learned from uh, working together as a collective and uh, 
Uh, we, Connectivity. <laughs> we, I mean, we're learning every single day. Um, we are in contact with um, some really interesting international tech brands uh, and companies to help further our view. Um, it's, uh, for now, it's a secret, we can't really talk about it, but it's, it's a big thing. Um, I think our take is to, yeah, I mean, always be in the front, always look for the new. And the way we're leading our lives, we're leading our lives more on our phone than physically sometimes. It's like we go through meetings, we sit on the couch talking, but we're actually kind of on our phone. So um, I think the world is kind of like, we are much further than we think we are. Um, but we're also so naive that we don't take, we're not using all the tools that we have. And that's what we are, you know, like, uh, researching and, and digging into and finding. What can be improved? What can be improved? Yeah. I, I think everything. I think, and um, I mean, uh, one of the companies that we have dialogue with now, every second month we have a meeting. They are like, oh, you know, it's like, every, forget the IE from two months ago. Now it's something completely new. It goes so incredibly fast. And all the meetings we have, I have to do so much research to able to even be able to keep up and to see the, the progress because the speed is so incredibly rapid. I was here one year ago. I was amazed by the level. Uh, I was so surprised. So um, I have very high expectations this uh, year. Uh, it seems like a new wave of Norwegian uh, creativity coming. Do you, do you agree? Totally, totally. Um, in the art world, you see it more. The art world is much more further ahead. And like one of them, Tominga, that was one in the panel from the Monk Museum today, um, hearing her talk about projects that they're planning ahead, how they're incorporating tech into art is amazing. So the art world is very much like far ahead of the rest. Fashion is coming slowly and we also heard from two brands today that have incorporated uh, 3D animations i.e. Um, and how they're using the tools and creativity to enhance their uh, campaigns. Uh, and it's really interesting to, to kind of hear the dialogue between the companies that actually know nothing about tech but they take the chance and then when it works You're gonna start it's somewhere. amazing. And what's the reason for so many new names coming up at the same time uh, from Norway? I think the schools. Uh, there are a lot of hubs and people, uh, clusters and hubs. Uh, Collective is definitely a hub. We have a huge following that just follow us everywhere around everything we do. And we do a lot of underground things. And um, I think people, people are looking for the new. And it's, it's, it's kind of like people are waking up a little bit too. It's like there is like this anger in the world. Uh, we are like, you know, we're not satisfied. There's so much, there's war, there's, uh, you know, the politics is it's like, uh, you need something. With anger comes creativity, with motion comes creativity. And I think we're in, in a stage in the world right now. Yeah, let's hope that togetherness gets trendy. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> All right, that was Hilde Pettersen-Elin, co-founder of Collective Oslo. All right, so we have one more conversation to visit on the ground from Oslo in this episode. This is from Kyrre Alver, the founder of Blender Agency. So this is a renowned and, and almost legendary agency from Oslo. They've been around uh, uh, for years. Uh, so talk about 
you know the kind of the insights that you got from from talking to Kyrre uh, this week, Johan? They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, so he is one of the leading names in the industry uh, in the in the region. And they focused a lot on uh, premium fashion. So they were like a trailblazer uh, for bringing like uh, more expensive fashion to the Nordics, you may say. So they've uh, established themselves over the years and uh, also started their own brands. So they're now the owner of uh, uh, three uh, Norwegian brands. Uh, and they also acquired uh, DM, the Italian footwear brand. So uh, and that they've also um, uh, entered uh, the home and sports market. So uh, they're actually Blender Group now with a, a bunch of initiatives and uh, yeah, the the turnover just seemed to grow and grow even in this cha- in these challenging times, which I spoke to Kyrie about the the changing retail landscape. All right, let's hear it from Kyrie Alver, founder of Blender Agency. What have you learned throughout the years? Uh, be true to who we are. Uh, I think also, you know, the, the last five, six, seven years has been tougher for us because we've always been an international agency working with, you know, more contemporary international brands. So we, we never, you know, more or less never touch Scandinavian brands. So we, we work with, you know, French, American, Japanese brands. That, that has always been the, our business model. Uh, and uh, the last, I would say, five, six, seven years, you know, the, the Scandinavian brands did a comeback. So with, you know, Gandhi probably the, as the first, you know, brand coming back uh, after some years where, you know, it was, the market was, yeah, it was, like you know Helmut Lang and Iro, Isabel Morant those kind of brands was you know dominating uh, the market and then you know the Scandinavian brands came back with you know Gani and Sinegoya and you know the new generation so uh, yeah I think that's that's uh, but we we never we never was going for you know cheaper brands Scandinavian brands we, we still kept our image and our strategy being an international agency so and that has been a little bit challenging but now we see that you know everybody knows who we are and what we are standing for so um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's better times ahead have the buyers uh, mentality changed as well over the years yeah, i think i think it's changing they they tend to buy you know uh, more expensive stuff and you know better qualities and you know i think you know it's less traffic in the stores so when you're buying you know cheaper brands it's 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 a wrong strategy you know you need you need to buy you know, you need to sell more expensive stuff to the few accounts that is coming in. You know, so um, yeah. Have you changed your uh, business as well, uh, given this uh, transition to online? Uh, not really, but but we changed Blender back. We had this a board meeting in '15 where we did the decision to change Blender from being a fashion house. Still a more lifestyle-driven company, 
where we uh, took a decision that we we're gonna build Blender Sport and Blender Home as two new categories. Uh, so and also we we was focusing more on men's. Uh, so today, you know, we we have a very good sport business. Also the same with home and furniture. And then also we are much stronger on men's than we was, you know, seven eight years ago. So I think we are in a more healthy position today, uh, from being, you know, very very big on on uh, women's wear, with you know uh, Mark Jacobs and Alexander Wang and Mark Jacobs, you no know, uh, Michael Kors and those, you know, very commercial American brands. Till more, you know, yeah, we have a better balance in the company today. I assume you travel a lot now after the pandemic as well. Uh, when you compare the other retail landscapes, is the Scandinavian one uh, different? Uh, it's uh, so. So me and my ex business partner, we have always been traveling a lot. So that has always. I think that's also why you know Blender got the position in the market since we we was always traveling. You know to L.A., Tokyo, Seoul, New York, Paris. So you know, we, we learn how the buyer, who who the best stores are, of course, and who the best buyers are. So we are always been good to read the market. So um, of course, it was difficult when when the pandemic, but but uh, we are back on track and uh, traveling uh, as back in the days. And I think it's very important to be out there and see what's happening. So uh, yeah. Do you follow retail trends as well? Do you have any retail trend to share? Uh, not really, but but of course, when we changed Blender from you know this fashion company to a more lifestyle company, that was because we saw how the retail was changing. That you know it was getting tougher with online, and and you had to you know have a more interesting store. You know you need to you know inspire the uh, the end consumer. So we thought that okay, we need to to help the stores. You know changing. You know buying different categories and make the store more. You know cooler and more interesting so uh, so that was a big trend you know six seven years ago but but uh, yeah you're a very international agency and now you're part of the official schedule at uh, Oslo runway yeah. what's your view on the event why, why are you part of it no it's of course important for us to support uh, the Norwegian you know fashion industry uh, because you know we, we are of course a, a a big you know company in in the norwegian market uh, so it's also important for us to give back uh, to to the community so uh, and also you know help you know help the younger generation and and you know give them advice and you know be there for them so for us it's important to you know be here and and, and support uh, the yeah, norwegian hub Alright, that was Kyrre Alver, founder of Blender Agency, and our last interview from Oslo Runway this week. So, you know, a lot of up-and-coming brands, but also a lot of activity in the industry in terms of, you know, commercial success, growing businesses. Are you, do you have any uh, reflections uh, coming on at the end of this episode around sort of what the future of 
the Norwegian uh, role in Nordic fashion will be, Johan? Rule, the material rule is uh, almost literally in their DNA. Uh, the 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 mm. children are born with uh, yeah the, the, their parents uh, or grandparents knitting their their own clothes in uh, yeah Norway was do it yourself before do it yourself was trendy sort so to say and uh, in order to continue to grow of course uh, it's uh, very important with uh, initiatives from the bigger industry players uh, that they they will be part of helping uh, the local names supporting in order for all of them to, to grow. And I, I believe, I strongly believe in the concept of just having a fashion week once a year. And I think we'll see more and more from Oslo in the years to come. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Johan, for doing this reporting on the ground for Scandinavian Mind uh, from Oslo Runway this week. Uh, so let's end with a couple of reminders. There's lots going on in the world of Scandinavian Mind right now. We have transformation coming up in less than two weeks on August 31st. Also, our Beauty Innovation Insights newsletter is pumping out content every week and we'll also be announcing uh, a few events taking place in Stockholm during fall. So if you're not signed up for that and want to get access to both the content and the invites to these events, sign up to Beauty Innovation. Visit scandinavianmind.com slash beauty innovation. And why not also plug my own uh, newsletter which was launched just a couple of weeks ago it's called observations it's a weekly column from me Conrad Olson uh, from kind of the inside look of what's happening with Scandinavian mind and uh, stuff that I'm thinking about and uh, uh, pondering in the world of technology fashion media marketing and more so the content machine is pumping on full cylinders or if that's even uh, an analogy you can use these days with in the era of electric vehicles Yuan, thank you so much for joining me this week we'll talk more next week